This is Junto, an engineer's perspective. I'm joined by my good friends, Matt Burgess, Corbin Buckler, and I'm Dave Stewart. Today we'll be talking about automotive battery factories. So grab your favorite free, cheap, and cold beverage, sit back, and enjoy the episode. We got to go away from combustion vehicles, and we have to, you know, decarbonize what you know however you do that right and uh electric electric vehicles are the way to go when it comes to transporting us in a efficient fashion i don't know if hydrogen cells are good or bad or yeah um there's no doubt that at the tailpipe, tank to tailpipe is totally cleaner. I agree. Unless you're burning dirty coal, which China does and so does parts of the US. Um, when you go to like well to wheel or mine to wheel, the analysis is a little more skewed and the break even points further down the road. And then hydrogen is like a whole nother animal that I think is still a possibility. It will probably be like the next phase, maybe. Right, because everyone's so hyper-focused on this, but like, I don't think Toyota's given up on their hydrogen dreams yet. No, man, Toyota really hasn't. Which is weird, because they, you know, were at the forefront with the Prius in terms of hybrid. But they, they have refused to jump on electrification, but they've really been pushing hydrogen still. But hydrogen, it really depends on where you get the hydrogen to, because probably the easiest is just by, you know, cracking, you know, long carbon chains to get hydrogen. But like you have electrolysis, but then like you have all sorts of issues with storage and, and moving it around right. that you, right. I mean, you definitely Crashing. need more, more infrastructure for electric cars than we have now, but the infrastructure's a lot easier to put in place than hydrogen stations. Yeah, none of them really overlap, right? Like yeah. The 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 convenience store of a gas station overlaps, but the the mechanism of putting the quote-unquote fuel into the vehicle there's like zero overlap. Maybe the tanks for hydrogen could be retrofitted underground somehow, but to your point like the shop side hydrogen production you'd have to bring like the high voltage power to it. So like either pay me now or pay me later. Right. But hydrogen's like better for the planet. So I guess if you were to start from a clean sheet of everything, you'd have like nuclear power making, turning hydrogen, uh, like pumps, <laughs> fill tanks. Right. I guess. Compressors. Compressors. There we go. The other way. <laughs> but but even then, like I'm I'm still not like the the one thing I've probably seen that's a little convincing is like heavy duty for hydrogen. Yeah. But like I don't know. Like uh, uh, there are some segments where electrification has a way to go, but I think, you know, in our not in our lifespans, but in the past, you know, 15 years, it's come further than I would have expected. 
yeah, you'll see another shift here within our relatively near lifetime for sure. Yeah. I guess I'll pose a question, everyone. What what was your first exposure to an electric car? Like when when did you first hear about electric cars? Corbin, go ahead. I don't know. Did were we talking about it in college? Like were we talking about Tesla and Elon Musk in college? Yeah, Tesla was a thing. Like the Model Three was Model S. It was Model S. There, yeah, Model S. It was yeah, twenty thirteen. Right. So yeah, I, so I, yeah. I remember because in high school physics we watched Who Killed the Electric Car, and that's all focused on the EV one with GM, but they use uh, what was it, nickel cadmium batteries, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of you know issues with that they leased the cars this and that they smashed all of them but i remember going to tesla's website in like 2008 and like looking at the range of the roadster because they didn't i was gonna say yeah they didn't they didn't have the s i don't even think they announced it they were still breaking open batteries yeah yeah exactly and put that together and it had like this range of like 300 miles and like a circumference around like san francisco and that like I was like, oh, man, that's sweet. And then that was my initial uh, fanboy phase of Tesla, which ran up to like maybe 2015. And I still, you know, I still swoon every once in a while. But Musk is just difficult to to get behind. Smoke and mirrors. But yeah, they they were just taking lithium ion batteries from laptops, which is where, you know, lithium ion batteries really first came yeah it came into mass use yeah and yeah wasn't it what they like like 90 late 90s 2000s or was it early 90s lithium ion batteries i'm sure somehow it was like the early mid 90s but like it yeah it was probably expensive affordable laptop yeah and affordable laptops is probably the millennium Mm -hmm. or somewhere right around there because you have to think, like, in the late 90s, people still had, like, massive laptops. Yeah. They weren't really thin until, like, freshman year of high school, sophomore year of high school. Yeah. And even then, like... And those were super expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the time mm-hmm. I even think about, like, yeah, older cousins and stuff. They're in college. They need a laptop and... That's what they had or whatever. Right. They had a brick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know what my first one would be. It was probably something stupid with like a car show or something. Well, yeah, you've, um, you've always been more. You're probably the biggest motorhead out of us three, Dave. <laughs> right. So that's what I'm saying. I don't really know. It was probably organic. But I do remember like something with like the Roadster and Jay Leno. And like he was a big fan, obviously, because he's another like car guy. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't drive one until this year, early this year, like this spring. Uh, one of my buddies at work has a Tesla, and he let me drive it. Is that sacrilegious? It's, yeah, he gets a lot of shit, but I mean, he's making a point, right? Yeah. Um, it's quick. I'll give you that. Uh, well, that's that's like, like every start, that's like, going to be every EV from now on. It doesn't have like yeah, but like, pretty instant torque. 
Yeah, it's like instant come on. And like if you've never driven one, it puts a smile on your face. But like once you get past that and like start walking around the car from like a fit and finish perspective, like any run of the mill Explorer is as good or better. Yeah. Right. Or like suburban from the 90s, like cars you just know and like don't even see going down the road. So like the premium price you're paying is not for the leather seats or the sound system or whatever other thing you pay for when you buy an Audi or a BMW or a Lincoln. Um, you're you're paying for the motors and the batteries. It's just bundled in seats that are wrapped in leather. <laughs> so that was my first experience. Um and now I'm just kind of like waiting for a Mach-E ride. Like that'll, that'll be sweet. And I see the Hummers around town all the time. Uh, they're f- massive. They look freaking sweet. Um, I know their motor technology is different than ours out of the gate. Um, what's what's, uh, what's their platform called? I can't remember. It's like a, it's another skateboard platform. Um uh, I think it's in the notes. I think it's uh, GM's Ultium, Ultium platform. Ultium, that's what it was, yeah. It sounds like a battery, but it's not. It's a battery of the future, Ultium. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the marketing guys? I want to know that. <laughs> just add like Ultra um, or just like any anything to make it sound like right. fancy and make it chrome. It's the They probably future. got that. That little chart that you sent earlier, Matt, about the private. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got like. <laughs> How do these, we name a future yeah. product? <laughs> yeah. So. I think currently in the marketplace. That like. Yourselves or I would be able to go purchase. I think GM's going to be. Ahead of everyone for a short period of time while everyone else gets their latest and greatest platforms out do you do you think that's because their um, battery or because of the the shared platform both i think they're oh well, i guess rivian's out now technically but, uh so that's a fair competitor to their platform uh i think it's because of their platform and their their batteries yeah. uh the way their battery like lays like they have like a vertical stacking and horizontal stacking and um because they're they're using a pouch. Yeah, that has something to do with it. They're too. using a pouch rather than cylinders, so they're just like packing in pouches. And I think that comes into how their arrays are designed as well. Yeah. Is that because like you go? Go ahead. I, I see in the notes it's uh, partnered with LG. Um, is that out in Holland or Kalamazoo area? Didn't L- isn't LG yeah. building a huge plant out there or build? Yeah. Yep. So how does this um, compare to like a Tesla's, how they do their batteries? So from what I know, uh, it's right here. Their, their batteries are cylindrical. So they're, yeah, they're, they're like a laptop or yeah, a double A battery, but they're what you'd imagine. But their form factor, their cat, they're they're changing their form factor for like their latest. But they're, but those are like the two. Are those like the two big competing platforms? Will it'll be Teslas and GMs at at the gate? I mean, Tesla's already out there and has you know 
Well, Tesla's there in old. Oh, sorry, it started playing. Uh, Tesla's there in old, and I think they're using what is it, cobalt, nickel, Matt? Yeah, but they're trying to change their chemistry. It's coming to, up here. Um, they're trying to go use more iron for like their cheaper batteries, and then uh, they're 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 trying to wean off cobalt just because it's such a uh, scarce. And in uh, not the best of places, uh, mainly what in the the Democratic Republic of Congo, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mined by who knows how many children. And, right. and then I think like Australia is the other one. Which has its own supply chain issues right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like part of that, it's like I don't want to say it's virtual signaling, but they are like they already have like pre-committed orders to like miners in Congo for so much. Oh yeah, definitely cobalt. So like it's not going away anytime soon. I don't, I don't, and I don't want to okay, put hold on. words in it's Tesla's mouth, here. but I don't know if they're moving away because of uh you know social issues more than like economic issues. Okay, the the Tesla battery is lithium cobalt manganese. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is either lithium ion or uh nickel cobalt aluminum NCA. And then I don't know what altium is. But it's GM's own chemistry. But so like where you're at in the industry to come back to Corbin's question is you have like Tesla's chemistries are partnered with Panasonic and Panasonic. I don't know this, but like Panasonic probably owns the chemistry rights and like they are working together. They have a mutual partnership and you can look up how that's gone. Uh, There's been like high points and low points in that partnership. And then like GM with their launch of uh, like they have the, the Cadillac coming out. I think it's called the Lyric uh, Lyric. And then they have the Hummer coming out uh those are in partnership with lg chem and again i bet lg chem owns the chemistries and then uh like ford is partnering with sk and sk owns those uh, chemistries but like and then there's rivian and rivian is its own chemistry and company because they've been around for so long in the shadows basically working on this problem um but what I think is going to happen is that, like, whether it's Tesla, GM, Ford, Chrysler, uh, they're going to start making their own chemistries. And so that would be the equivalent of, like, GM having their own gasoline or, like, Ford having their own gasoline. And, like, you will have performance differences because of that. And it's going to, like... I think it'd be more akin um, to, like, Apple and their their system on a chip, right? So So Apple designs their chip. But still go to uh, uh, TMSC. TMSC, did I get that right? Yeah, they still go to them mm-hmm. to produce their chip for them, but they they technically own it. Yeah, so like Foxconn, TM, yeah. So like GM, Ford, all these players might you know design their their battery chemistry in house. Maybe have their own you know five billion or whatever the hell Ford spending in uh 
in Tennessee and Kentucky, their own battery factory, yeah. but they may license it out to other people to, to make their chemistries. Right. And I guess that would be the equivalent of like, you can buy OGM or a Ford crate motor. And like that motor performs a specific way and you purchase it for your project as you see fit. So, so when it, we, yeah, it's kind of blending all the ideas. When we, when we talk chemistry though, does the like underlying like lithium and the electrons like that, that stays constant, right? Or so, yeah, it's not like a huge shift to like, you know, um, uh, what are they? Nickel. Basically, it's not a huge fundamental shift. It's just like refinements, geometries, like shapes, making it more efficient with like shapes of batteries. Yeah, how the, how the things, metal oxide structure, how things are assembled, how how to uh, you know dissipate heat for for charging rates and you know draw rates. I I think we're into right. a refinement stage of the the technology, but like. it won't be like huge breakthroughs. It'll be more of like cost refinements, but like, mm -hmm. like I think like uh silicone, adding silicone to the anode or, or cathode to, to get a faster charge, just stuff like that and kind of pushing the boundaries there. But I don't think like you're going to have a car that, you know, charges in two minutes to 600 miles in the next, you know, 10 no. years. No. 20 years even. Um, And then that, I guess, like, to kind of take, like, the the far perspective real quick is, like, what we talked about last week when the the graphene technology was, like, announced. Yeah. Who was that? Oh. I'm looking it up. Right yeah, now. I can't remember, but, like... Some somebody announces something L. with graphene like every two years. Like graphene's like it's it's like the the fusion energy of the materials world. It's just around the corner. It's gonna revolutionize everything. <laughs> Buzzword. Yeah. Just add graphene to your project. Uh it's called Lin Ten Lighten. I think it's Lighten, L-Y-T-E-N, Lighten, to launch lithium silicone silicon battery for 2025, 2026. Yeah. Oh, I completely lied because I don't know my periodic table. It's lithium sulfur battery. Okay. Hmm. It's getting sulfur mixed up with silicone. <laughs> what a mechanical engineer. <laughs> So stupid. Why don't you go talk about pumps? <laughs> uh yeah. Alright, so we've talked about a whole bunch of nothing so far. And probably have more questions than answers. Probably. I guess like do we want to talk about who the big players are currently? I think I think sure. you took some good notes on that, Corbin. Oh, like the companies? Yeah. Uh, sure. I was looking at it, you know, from uh, the market cap standpoint, but also just like where where do they fall in line with the um, 
in this whole process. Because, you know, you've got the, like, raw material suppliers providing all these, like, Lithium America Core, Lithium Glencore, I, th- I believe the, they're, they're the big player in the DRC when it comes to Cobalt. Um, I need to sort this. Uh, yeah, Glencore, Lithium Valet, they make news. They, 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 they're a nickel and manganese supplier. So that's just like on the raw material side. Um, on the like the battery side, we talked about them. Panasonic, LG Chem. The, there's a, a big player in in China, and I mean, you know, China is a big, a really big player in this. When it comes, I think there's what some statistic like seventy percent of all lithium ion batteries are made in China yeah. right now, right? So, yeah. so there's a company CATL. Um, yeah, and they're supplying. They, they're supplying to Tesla in shanghai yeah yeah so like tesla even though you know they start off with panasonic they're not exclusive they'll they'll i think even lg is supplying a little to uh shanghai as well who is lg lg yeah lg chem um who's the other one sk innovation sk and that's that's who uh ford's in bed with yeah. Didn't didn't They're, SK uh, get Korean company? Didn't, didn't they get sued by LG Chem? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. For like a billion dollars. Okay, I yes. I, I thought <laughs> I thought that. I remember hearing about like a massive lawsuit. That just happened and like just cleared and then everything else came out. And Ford's just like, okay, we can we can build these plants now with you. We're like, we're fine. <laughs> so who's uh uh, yeah, they Chrysler lost a battery trade case. Chrysler's been really quiet in town. Uh, we're in the wrong side of town to like have any Chrysler buddies, <laughs> but uh, they are promising that the Ram EV will be like the most innovative, the best, um, because they did wait, and they're alleging that they will have learned from everyone else's mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna copy uh, to, all the good stuff. To their, <laughs> to their credit, uh, they had they did win like uh, what is it? Three Moto Trend Truck of the Year awards in a row for the last three model years, which has never been done. However, on the flip side of that coin, I see a lot of Ram trucks driving around with fucking one headlight out or one fog light out. And you're <laughs> like, how the fuck? You're you're a nine month old vehicle. What the fuck is wrong? Uh. So Chrysler's an interesting animal, but now that they're Stellantis too, right? Like that adds another spin to the whole thing because now they have like additional engineering resources that they could tap into uh, that they previously didn't. So I I don't really know where Chrysler, Stellantis, Ram is in this whole picture, but there's definitely sketches or... um, renderings of what like a ram electric vehicle would look like is is all i feel like all the american producers are starting off with trucks and suvs yeah you have to that's where the money's yeah, at. yeah i guess and i guess that's not as big of a leap from an f-150 to 
an electrified F-150 because people already pay through the nose for F-150s already. Right, right. I just want like a cheap vehicle that's like I'm also not going to die in just to go back and forth to work. How how long are these batteries, you know, expected to last? And, you know, what's what's the. Uh... I well, we could look at what. Um, uh, the warranties are like. I mean, yeah. I think what I what I saw briefly was um, Tesla can do what like or fifteen hundred cycles. I don't know. I need to pull the notes up again, but three thousand lithium ion batteries can do three thousand cycles today. Plus or minus? So that's from 100% to zero? Is that what we consider a cycle? Yeah, but they don't charge to 100%. Yeah, yeah, they only yeah, charge yeah. to 80 to 10, which is a whole nother fucking thing that we all need to standardize on. Yeah. <laughs> Stop playing the game. Just tell me what it's actually going to be good for. <laughs> but I mean, I think it should be well within a typical American's car usage. Yes. Yeah. Six to so ten on years. The Ford, yeah, on the Ford website uh, for the Mach-E, electrical vehicle components coverage is eight years or 100,000 miles, whatever comes first, with retention of 70% or more of the original high-voltage capacity over that period. It's pretty good. And then standard bumper-to-bumpers, three years, 36, powertrain, five and 60. So Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, They're probably... Pretty common. Either either yeah. they're confident or they're trying to quill everyone's fears. Right. And that's what uh, Hyundai did. Yeah. Yeah, because they had like ridiculous <laughs> like eight-year warranties or something for a while. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was 10, oh, it was 10. 10 and 100,000 yeah. miles when they first came out and no one wanted to buy them. That's how they like gained market yeah. share. They're just like, we'll cover everything. <laughs> Please. Buy a car. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> Is there, I was reading somewhere where they're trying to, I don't know if it's Tesla or the industry in in total is trying to get like, like crazy amount of cycles, like 10,000 cycles. It can be like that Hyundai situation where they're, it almost outlives the person who wants I'm, to, you know. I'm sure there's someone in some lab right now, you know, doing it on a bench top, but like. There's probably a lot of good research going on right now, but how much actually makes it to mass production is the question. Right. Yeah. Right. Because there you run into, I don't know, I don't know what the hell I was reading, but they're like, if the battery outlives the car, like, you know, the car rusts or whatever, you know, yeah, it goes to shit, you wreck it or whatever, and the battery's still good, then you got to like repurpose that battery. You know, recycling's its own yeah. thing with yeah. lithium ions, but right. I mean, you can, you know, take that battery and put it into like, you know, a solar, some other, yeah, some solar system to stationary energy yeah, storage stationary or storage. put it into like a forklift or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'll be to that you point know. for a minute. Yeah. You know, like, uh, the movie Armageddon, it's <laughs> like, this is NASA. There's supposed to be a room of people thinking about things. In another room, there's another group of people. That doesn't fucking exist. There's no rooms of people. We're just figuring this shit out as we go. Yeah. I I think 
I think people outside of like manufacturing and or like engineering are like surprised how like people will assume innovation happens at just like a certain rate, but like sometimes it's just like, oh, hey, this really worked. And then all of a sudden it's yeah. like everywhere, but like it's not like something mind blowing or anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, jumps and starts and it's not like a 3% every year. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not a linear thing. Yeah. You think we should get into the recycling? How much? No, because I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, how confident are you in that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I got like a little, little couple bullet points here. (laughs) Go for it. We can have someone destroy us in the comments, and we will, we will welcome that. Don't worry, we don't have enough listeners to have someone destroy us. (laughs) But hey, if somebody out there wants to destroy us, we'd love to hear you. Or a future listener who goes back and listens to all of our podcasts, yeah. he can come back and destroy <laughs> us like three or four years from now. We'll take it. Yep. Because um, I mean, it is a. I mean, that's a pretty. It's the elephant in the room. Big, big future problem. I don't know how much of a problem it is now. I think we were kind of chatting about that yesterday. Um. But. Uh, I mean, there's people like we were talking about JB Straubel, who's like a co-founder ex-cto of tesla he started a company redwood materials and they've teamed up with ford now i'm sure they've teamed up with tesla right i don't know i I don't know how he left i don't know if there's bad blood or anything oh okay knowing Musk, there's probably bad blood (laughs) yeah but uh i mean the very like bullet point type of process like how you recycle these things and i was i was reading somewhere like uh cobalt is the is the uh, raw material that makes recycling economical because it is such like a so expensive so expensive and whatnot that if you remove cobalt then that may change the economics <laughs> of recycling itself yeah and i think um like lithium lithium is cheaper to mine than it is to recycle so that's another you know throws a wrench into things but uh so like the recycling process for like lithium-ion batteries they shred it Mm -hmm. and then it seems like there's a couple different ways like they'll try to break it down into its you know elemental components by liquefying it whether that's a smelter or dissolving it in acid. Um, and then you precipitate out the um those like, you know, lithium or cobalt or whatever out of solution as salts. So and then you um that's what you need. You want to recycle, especially like cobalt and whatnot. Yeah. And a lot of other processes extract the cathode crystals using heat, chemicals, you know, typical process stuff. And that's what you need. You need to recycle all those expensive components that you mine from the earth. So I don't know how much of a problem it is now as like, I don't know, I, how many electric vehicles are on the road right now with the amount of batteries, like five over 5 million or something? Yeah, but in the U.S. it's like, what, less than 1% still? Right. Like right, even yeah. in Norway, which has like a high adoption rate, it's still like 30% or something. Yeah. 
yeah, so it's still like an early problem, but it's something that we have to, if you're looking ahead and you're not, you're looking past the next like year, you need to, something we got to be thinking about. And that's all I got for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not as, as cut and dry as just cracking open the, the batteries and, you know, throwing them into sorting bins. There's a lot of processing and a lot of energy that needs to go into yeah. into these things. And like you said, depending on the chemistry of the batteries, you know, maybe in five years, you know, you'll have junkers seeking out Tesla batteries from, you know, 2015 to 2022 that have cobalt or something like that. What are those yeah. little uh, Star Wars characters that uh, are the junkers? Oh. If we get this wrong, we're gonna like piss off a lot of oh, Star man. Wars fans. First Pittsburgh, now Where, Star Wars the, fans. Let's do it. The, <laughs> the, the Venn diagram for like engineers and Star Wars fans. There's definitely overlap. They, they say Houtini. I'll just search Houtini. <laughs> oh, good. Because I was gonna say we. Uh... Jawa. Jawas. Jawas. Yeah. yeah. So Jawas will be coming for your uh, battery packs in like 10 years. Or crackheads. I don't know. <laughs> They're about the same. Do you, do you think there's a, uh, do you think there's like a, a junkyard out there where it's just full of Teslas right now? I don't know. Is there a market for that? Like, should well, we like we'll, go buy some land and start dunking <laughs> Teslas? The issue with Teslas is like, it, it falls into the right to repair thing. Like, they can software kill things if they want to. So like if they say a car's total, they can just software kill it and just be like, it's totaled now. Mm. Even if you could have repaired it and half-assed it. I gotcha. So the Tesla, like you need to, the, you need Tesla, the company to actually work on it. Yeah. Kind of at this point. But I think, I think that'll be more of an issue, you know, across the industry. I don't know. I guess you have dealerships and, and the old guard with, with the, the older guys, but I could see, you know, the big three still kind of hopping on the software bandwagon just to force you to... That was... Yeah, the, the right to repair was just uh, recently reviewed or however it's brought back up. And it it's around that. And that's a completely awful explanation. But... It was brought back up how this electrification is going to be a problem because of that. Because uh, when right to repair was first brought up and people said, hey, I need to be able to do these things, they said, okay. And that's why your OBD, uh, OBD1 connector port like under your steering wheel came about. So like before that, that didn't exist because you didn't need any reason to like access the mm-hmm. computer. Hardwired. And then when... Yeah, and then when the lawsuit was won in terms of the consumer, uh, that's when they started putting that on there. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like things have been going in ways of consumers in the past 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to say is that um, in the like developing EV hot rod mm-hmm. world, from what I've heard is that like Tesla batteries with uh, Chevy Bolt motors is like the way to go. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, we'll throw that out there to our listeners. Like a, yeah, an electric street rod, you mix the two OEMs, which is pretty much standard hot rodding. So, so they're probably just saying it because they're fucking hot rodders and they just want to fucking 
monster mash some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some car parts together. Frankenstein. But that that the, the the right to repair and like all this kind of ties into uh, like charging ports too, like standardization of charging ports. Cause you have uh we what's the what's the automotive standard, Dave? Do you know it off the top of your head? But like I don't no, know what it is, but it's the one with the five plus. Yeah, no it. nobody's like giving a shit about it or like abiding by it and like but like I, I do think uh like Tesla said they're gonna allow external cars because they're going after infrastructure money, which like I guess I'm fine with. Like I, I think it's good to incentivize, but I think you know, it might be smart to standardize. And like, doesn't Europe have all their ports standardized? Because isn't like a, a Tesla port in Europe different from a, a Tesla port in in the U.S.? I don't know that. You're, you're the Tesla fanboy. I, I, I don't know. If you say it is, I'll well, believe you. It, it is. It is. It's standardized. But like... <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I just wanted some confirmation. Yeah, I did. Um, but like infrastructure like it's we need more of it but it's like it's the same but different from gas right because like you can't fill your car up with gas at home but like we definitely need more infrastructure for city dwellers for long road trips but like it's it's a bit of like a i guess i guess it's not kind of going in the opposite way so like you know Mer- Merlin, uh, the the the, the, the wizard. Breaks. No, 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 no. I'm, this is an automotive. I'm making a shitty comparison. <laughs> the oh, wizard okay, for yeah. King Arthur. Yeah, yeah. He, he he, a- he yeah, aged yeah. in reverse. If you didn't know that. Benjamin yeah, Button. He ben- yeah, he was, he was the OG Benjamin Button. So like, <laughs> basically, like charging is going to get faster and range is going to go up. So in theory you'd probably need less chargers, but you have the competing force of just having way more vehicle adoption too. So like, right. Like we made some, some, somebody out there I'm sure has done the math, but we definitely need more chargers just readily available for long road trips, city dwellers, people without, Mm -hmm. you know, homes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to get into round it all out with the uh, the other players, there are quite a few of those EV charging companies yeah. that uh, have hit the market recently. Beam, Beam Global, Blink, ChargePoint. I'm not sure which one, but one of them. Um, it's kind of interesting. They have like a solar panel uh, roof, and you park underneath it, and like you can just like kind of retrofit a parking spot. Yeah, uh, I think that's more of a. Who knows I, if it? I think that's more of a gimmick. Like if you look at, like the output of one solar array, compared to the amount needed to charge one vehicle. Like I won't. I won't but if you if you have a battery, what if you have like battery storage right there? I think even then you need you need a lot more solar panels than just you know covering uh, a carport above the vehicle if it's going to be if it's going to be charging more than like one car a day yeah this could be a pre-revenue company for all i know i was just listening them out yeah but like for those companies like i I guess for any ev charger like it's kind of interesting because like it can just be like anywhere right like it can be at a hotel the the kroger across the street for me has i think two charge point chargers 
but like would it make sense for some gas stations to start adopting you know a couple ev chargers because like gas stations don't even make that much money off of the gas they make it all off of the the trash that they're selling you within you know the station right so like right an ev charger i guess you can't get as much of a throughput but like that person's going to be sitting there for you know 20 minutes minimum they'll probably go in and buy right. you know a pack of you know m&ms or something for a dollar fifty yeah they'll probably start doing it in bigger cities and then you know five ten years later fort wayne will do it <laughs> <laughs> it starts on the coast then chicago then the rest of the yeah they kind of fans way out from there yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. So the other EV manufacturers, I mean, you know, Tesla's obviously the big one. You got the, you know, established automakers we've kind of been talking about. But then China, you know, they've got quite a few manufacturers. <clears throat> BYD, NEO, NEO, Candy Technologies Group, which I just like a couple, like a week ago, learned about that one. Volvo. Uh, Volvo. Yeah, the Volkswagen group. Volvo was supposed to SPAC for Polestar. What? So I, Why? I, I read that today. Why? Do they, uh-huh. do they need the money? I thought they had Big big Daddy China backing them up. Who knows? But if you get 20 bucks, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. That's for sure. Well, they missed the bubble by like seven months. <laughs> um... Yeah, Volkswagen's doing a ton of stuff, obviously, in Europe. Damn Germans. Uh, just cost, like, talking costs. Um, today, approximately um, a kilowatt hour costs $135 to produce, which is, like, reduced significantly from just the middle of the decade, 2010, even further from the millennial. But the industry is kind of like hovering around this $85 per kilowatt hour as a magical number to be um, competitive with ICE engines and um, start to pull away from the costs of an ICE vehicle. Um, So that's one of the big hurdles to overcome still. And that's starting to fall just from... There's some scaling benefits, right, obviously. Um, and, And technology benefits... But you hit like a break breaking point where like you just can't scale any further and have any more efficiencies. So uh we'll get to that point eventually and then the industry standard practices will happen where it's just like a three percent haircut every year and you will just find the money. <laughs> yeah, don't um so speaking of like units, so don't they measure the like output of a battery factory like Tesla's or these ones that are coming online by gigawatt hours. Yeah, gigawatt hours. I feel like that's... Did did Tesla start that stupid trend? I feel like that's such a weird trend. That's actually... Uh, probably. I don't think it's that crazy because... I guess it's a, a way... It's it's a way to quantify, I guess. Well, no, there's a... There, well, yeah, gigawatt hours might be weird, but um, power companies, like power plants, they measure by like gigawatts. So like this company that I invest that buys or that builds uh, power plants, like natural gas power plants, they basically, on all their press releases, they'll say, this is a, you know, 
thousand megawatt or seven hundred megawatt. Okay. Factory. So there's something. already a so parallel it's not, in yeah. In in other industries it's kind of already uh this is how much power we can output. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't see like solar panel companies saying this is how many gigawatt hours our solar panels can produce that we produce in a year. Yeah. I don't know. But an unnecessary yeah. pushback <clears throat> whatever. Yeah, so like around that point anecdotally I've seen where somewhere around 35 gigawatts of battery production per year is supposedly supposed to be the standard. And so in uh, 2018, Tesla produced 20 gigawatt hours. So that's still considered like medium production of batteries. That's not even full scale. Um, And then you have obviously like all the players we've just spoken about, GM, Volkswagen, Ford, uh, Stellantis, all eyeing for that same number. So like you're rapidly going to have all this capacity production around the globe um, at various locations. So we'll quickly get to that mass production at scale. And that should help bring down some of the costs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dave, were you saying that they're trying to get the average battery to where it's 125 kilowatt hours? I think Dave said 135. Or 135. 135 is what they're at. Right. 135 is what they're at. They cost $135 per kilowatt hour, and they're trying to get to $85 per kilowatt hour. Oh, that's the production of it. Yeah. I was thinking like the the rating, like, you know, what's a Tesla, you know, what's a top of the line Tesla Model S in the kilowatt hour rating? Versus like what's a like an economy version? Uh, like a leaf seventy five. Yeah, Tesla stopped advertising it on the Ys and the threes, but it's like still in the name badge for for the S and the X. But like, what the top end S and X is a hundred, and then like if you really want to talk like economy, I think like what a leaf's like forty. I'm not sure. And then the um, bolt. I know that a bolt. Uh, actually, I think a bolt has more than I thought when I looked it up. What about like the Ford F one fifty? That's what I was looking up now, because uh, it's two motors. So I think it's five. Ford isn't. They're, they're not, not advertising that, are they? I think they're advertising torque numbers. I'm trying to look at what the Hummer says, because I know for the Hummer for sure they have. The top of the line has three motors. And also we're comparing like the 100, 100 kilowatt hours on the back of the Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm thinking torque. Let's see what GM says for Hummer real quick. I think, I think GM's battery is going to be like huge. Well, I mean, they have a whole Hummer to work yeah. with, so I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, as you as you scale up, like you know, as you go from yeah, a car to the Ram, which I'm sure like a van's equivalent in the size of the battery needed, but then you go up to like you know, think of like a U-Haul. As as you you know, and then like a semi type deal. I mean, is that you know, how does that scale? I'm sure not perfectly because it's it's like not just weight 
to range, but like also like aerodynamics to mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a vehicle like the model three can be, you know, more teardrop lower to the ground than a GM Hummer. <laughs> it's going right. to run over people. So, so like we're, we're right now electric vehicles are going into like this, the smaller vehicles where you don't have to have as crazy like battery packs and whatnot. And then we'll slowly, as like the technology gets better, we'll, well I think we'll maybe also... that's where it was like 10 years ago. I think that's where Tesla took it initially with the Roadster, just like that little, you know, Lotus body and then just jamming a bunch of batteries and the ass end of it. But I think, I think the big three in the U S have, are just, you know, playing into what, what U.S. drivers like as trucks and FUVs. Yeah. So to come back to the the badge number on the back, the G the GM Hummer has up to a 350 kilowatt motor, which is equivalent to 11,500 pound feet of torque. Or approximately a thousand horsepower. Um, so I'm trying to get to the other part where you could see the models to see the the motor breakout. But I know the top of the line one has three motors. So does so in theory, like with these battery factories that whatever they can kick out, it takes like three four times as long to get to generate the batteries to fill the Hummer versus like the Leaf or. Well, like that's Tesla. that's where it gets a little murky because, like, of manufacturing. Because battery does not equal motor size. Yeah, so they they've saying motor, but like, I don't know how large the the Hummer EV is going to be. The rotor stator mechanism, like that motor, right? Because you don't have like a V eight. So, like, the motor is rated at 350 kilowatt hours. That has nothing to do with the batteries. At least that's my understanding. Yeah, that's just how much power they can output. But, like, if they have a 40 kilowatt battery, like, kilowatt hour battery, it's not going to go very far. Uh, Some some news article says they're estimating that the Hummer will have a 200 kilowatt hour battery. So, like... A gigantor battery. Yeah. The the thing I saw from uh what's the consumer electronics show? Like they're the the woman from GM giving the presentation was more or less just saying we're stacking batteries everywhere <laughs> within the frame. Batteries because, everywhere. Like, you want to. a battery, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> As a season sorry we did. <laughs> but yeah it'll be interesting to see to see if uh the pouches the pouch lg system that gm's going with is better than cylindrical if they can pump those out any faster and like if they have any thermal issues or if or if their cooling system is better than cylindrical i don't see like the kilowatt hours only lightning. I don't think they're advertising it. I I I think everyone's just 
They might I think not everyone's be. just getting away from advertising it and just going with range because like nobody wants it to become a, a dick swing contest. Uh, Google says 115 kilowatt nets, but yeah, like, like they say total. it's um. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So the the F one fifty Lightning with extended range battery has a target. 563 horsepower and 775 pound-feet of torque uh, with an asterisk. And since the all-electric motor can crank out an impressive amount of torque at basically zero RPM, the extended-range battery can accelerate faster than any F-150 ever. Target zero to 60 is in the mid-fours. Okay, so that's great, but they're at 775 pound-feet of torque. The Hummer's at 11,500. Hey, man, in case you ever got it. That's insane. I don't know. A fucking train or something? Yeah, that's like, enter that in a truck pull or something. (laughs) It's just like, that's insane. That's part of the problem, too. Right? Like, some of this is definitely, and you have to do this, I get this, but, like, some of it's aimed at, at, like, excessiveness. Yeah, I I think the greenness the, the freaking hummer <laughs> ev is just like all excess at least at least the ford lightning f-150 has like some functionality that just like makes sense that they're building into an ev where it's just like yeah it's like look at our hummer it can do anything right it can do everything <laughs> it'll cost two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> right and people will pay for it. Does it take as much uh, fossil fuel burning to create this Hummer as it does like the eight mile per gallon that <laughs> the combustion version takes? <laughs> I'm sure. Instead of running on oil, it runs on the blood of DRC children. <laughs> <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, unfortunately. You got to screw the world somehow. So on... um. How how are the the big three like competing with Tesla from like a software standpoint? Um, not a software engineer. None of my buddies are, so this is all speculation. <laughs> but I think just on uh, reliability and like past performance, right? Like Tesla, everyone's a beta tester. Where like for GM, Ford, Volkswagen to do that, it's too much of a reliability to have something go wrong in the field and everybody say, oh, like this car sucks. We're not buying it for 10 more years. Like they can't have that problem the way Tesla can. And I think Rivian is somewhere in the middle. Like everyone knows Rivian's new. They're new to the marketplace. And there's some like leniency and like forgiveness probably built into that purchase. But at the same time, like, Rivian's been touted as like a better company and like a more traditional. They company. got they got money flown in from Big Daddy Bezos, so they can they can afford to work in the shadows still. Yeah, and they got they got uh you know the Ford yeah, family. They got, they got their hand there, in there too. too. Yeah, yeah. They told GM to go fly a kite. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I think uh, their software is going to differentiate. You know that certain companies it's just going to be like it'll feel commonplace or standard maybe natives the right word to use whereas like tesla 
to a boomer is like a terrifying experience. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, you're, you're driving like, a smartphone. There's just a giant iPad in the middle. Nothing fucking there's no buttons. Like a Midwest boomer like they're just like, oh, "What is this?" <laughs> yes. This is going to drive you off a cliff. Right. So I think that'll be the one of the major differentiators between the two. I got you. I just didn't know if they were like if the if the big, you know, Ford or whoever was partnering with name some comp software company like Blackberry, like, Microsoft. Like uh like like they are with the batteries. I don't think so. Yeah. But I, I not, every not every yet, company outside of Tesla is at least embracing uh Apple and Android Auto. Yeah. Which like I yeah. I, I do kind of like that in vehicles. It is it is convenient. Oh, it's super nice. You don't have to pay yeah. for nav. Also, like that's something we haven't talked about this whole time, and it doesn't really apply. But like, I don't know what the right term is. The sleeping elephant is like, what is Apple doing down the street? Like, there's all these rumors that they still have a car. Oh, yeah, and, and, they, and, and they were supposed out. to. They they did. They were gonna form something with Hyundai, and now they're talking right. to Toyota. Right. Supposedly, it's it's just all rumors. Right. But like. When you have well, how much how much uh, cash does Tesla or not Tesla does Apple have on hand? Like I don't know, about three dollars less than Buffett. Yeah, it's just like forty billion or something. We have that much money. You can yeah. you can invest in a product that large and never have it come to fruition. Right. So yeah. Um I mean you could, we can keep going down this rabbit hole forever and I feel like some of these have been productive sidebars. Um but there's just there's just a lot and like what it takes to make the batteries, like the aging process, the mining process. Like there's there's many factors. Like this isn't just like a turn the switch and everything's great. Like yeah, you still have to pay for this. Um, I don't know luxury. If that's too harsh of a word, but like this doesn't come for free. The way I kind of view it is, you know, if we're trying to like, you know, maybe not eliminate, but like reduce our carbon emissions, this is one avenue that we got to take. But there is like this, there is there is like this set amount of carbon, you know, fossil fuel, coal, whatever that you have to burn to like create all this infrastructure, build all these battery factories and whatnot to get to a self sustaining point where you can maybe build future factories with solar wind hydro nuclear and not natural gas coal right it's like the first law of thermodynamics right or the zeroth law whatever one it is where it says nothing's free right right so we gotta we gotta do a down payment now right and then this is Also, like, I think for a lot of, like, and this is, like, another whole different avenue of, like, politics, but, like, this is the easy path politically. Like, no one wants to talk about building a nuclear plant or many nuclear plants. Like, that's super green. That's super clean. But, But, like, it sounds terrifying. And, like, as a politician, you can't push that. You won't get reelected. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, this is something people can get behind. Yeah, it's... So, hopefully, we get to that It's an easy thing, but, like, people... Like yeah. transportation's what like twenty to thirty percent of greenhouse emissions, which like isn't nothing. Yeah. But like steel, cement, 
those those sort of things right. make up like 10% or something like something like really large and right. like those things are going to be the difficult things to make green mm-hmm. and then like right. yeah like we've we've had nuclear for what like 60ish years in a reliable fashion but like because it's been tainted by you know Chernobyl through my island two two, two smears yeah. <laughs> three but smears. like there's been so little investment in that and like Right. And like not only that, if you talk to anyone who works in that industry, like nobody wants to make any changes because nobody wants to be the guy who signs something off. Right. So right. like it's an industry that isn't really uh keen on continuous improvement, nor is it getting much funding anymore, nor are the best and brightest engineers going into nuclear engineering. You know, mm-hmm. there's just there's more incentive to become a, a coder and go work for Facebook or Google and you know, jam ads down our throats, then, you know, do something that actually might be productive to society. Yeah. And and pretty complex in the physical, in the physical world. Yeah. It's not as straightforward and there's a lot of innovation that's needed. So call your congressman, please, or woman. Reach out. We need nuclear. Be a good American. That's where we're ending. <laughs> Done. We're screwed. We need nuclear. Infusion. Or figure out fission finally. Because <laughs> this is a piece of the puzzle. We think it's a good thing, but it's not everything. Also, kids, the uh, the big scary looking thing for nuclear plants is not the big scary thing. You want to look for the black smoke, not the white smoke. <laughs> That's just steam. You talk about uh, hyperbolic cooling cool- towers. Hyperbolic cooling towers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, those aren't uh, scary. So, do you remember Salim Majid explained to us how those works, Corbin? No. Uh, oh no, I was just talking to Jessica it's... about this. I was reflecting on spaghetti noodles from oh, polymers. Spaghetti noodles, yeah, polymers. But no, for for hyperbolic cooling towers, it's the change in cross sectional area that forces like an upward draft. Yeah, nice. so you you get your evaporation, you get that delta H, you cool your water, comes back down, runs back through. If you need a lot of cooling water, hyperbolic cooling towers way to go. But yeah, you can see those at any power plant, and it's not yeah. necessarily new. like you see it in Michigan City, Indiana. That's not a nuclear power plant though. Yeah, thank you Simpsons for ruining hyperbolic cooling towers for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Just read the sign out front. That'll tell you whether it's a nuclear power plant or not. Thanks for listening to today's episode on automotive battery factories. We hope you learned something. If you missed the mark, let us know in the comments and we'd love to have you on to correct us.